When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Steelers' Juju Smith-Schuster and James Conner are utterly failing as replacement stars on offense. But you wouldn't know it based on the fan sentiment in the Steel City. Welcome to the Steelers' update from Penn Live, where we keep track of all things Steelers so you don't have to. This is John Lucy reporting. Someone once said there were no second acts in American life. Perhaps it applies to the Steelers, who ushered two offensive superstars off the stage, then introduced their wildly popular replacements. But while those replacement stars, receiver Juju Smith-Schuster and running back James Conner, remain as popular as ever off the field, they just aren't living up to their less popular but far more productive predecessors, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell on it. In fact, not only aren't Juju and James making game-winning plays, they're both fumbling the football at key moments, costing the one and four Steelers much-needed wins. Despite all this, most of once-proud Pittsburgh, now facing a losing football season for the first time in forever, seems quite content to keep on loving both Juju and James, for their pleasant off-the-field personas. So what happened to the city of champions? Don't we value winning anymore? Or is losing okay as long as your underperforming stars have heart-tugging personal stories like Connor's cancer battle or an appealing social media image like Juju, who's renowned for showing up all over town, from frat parties to weddings, camera in tow, and being everybody's adorable kid brother. Most of Pittsburgh just wants to give them a hug. But after Sunday's fumble that cost the Steelers a crucial win against the reviled Baltimore Ravens, a victory that would have earned the struggling Steelers a share of first place in the division, some in Pittsburgh sports media are bravely calling out both Juju, who committed that turnover, and Connor, who's had a game-wasting fumble in San Francisco. It's about time. Yet the criticism of these Steelers' two most likable personalities isn't going over well in the Steel City. As a result, a raging debate has boiled over on social media. In one corner, a Steelers fan base despondent over the disastrous start of the season has nevertheless held steadfast at having the backs of both James and Juju. Meanwhile, clear-eyed football realists are more concerned with the pair's performance on the field, or more accurately, the lack of performance. They point out the would-be Steelers stars simply aren't ready for prime time. 
Many in Steelers Nation simply won't hear of this, and that is a shame. The road to winning always begins with accepting reality. You are what your record says you are. Yet on social media, Juju and James remain untouchable, even by the growing stains of their on-field performances. And it starts with their failure to hold on to the football when it matters most. The bile, the bitterness, the utter fantasy of this raging debate over persona versus performance in Pittsburgh is what I'm going to delve into here. This was once a place where only performance used to matter when it came to football. After all, Jack Lambert wasn't exactly likable, but that's just the way we liked him because he was good on the football field. So this debate now is swirling around Juju in that latest fumble, and at the center of the debate is caustic Pittsburgh sports radio host Mark Madden, who has been riding Juju for his off-the-field social media antics for a while now. In fact, Madden early on branded Antonio Brown as a big ego problem, and he has said, out on a limb when he was the only one saying it, that Juju Smith-Schuster might be following that same mold of trying to inflate his star status off the field. Only Juju doesn't have the presence on the field that Antonio did. Juju's fumble against the Ravens, coming on the heels of an already mediocre season as the Steelers' number one receiver, caused Madden to unleash his sharpest barbs and darts to date. Many of Madden's anti-fans and Juju's fervent fans just weren't having it. It produced one of the tawdriest Twitter feuds so far this season. Here's a sampling. Madden began relatively mildly with a treat reflecting the Steel City mood that seemed to absolve Juju for literally fumbling away the Ravens game. Because, well, hey, he's Juju, quote, This is no big deal. Team Juju is living his best life and brings sunshine wherever he goes. He fumbled away the playoffs last year and today personally ended the current season. But what counts is he's having fun. There's more to life than football, especially when your team is one and four, unquote. Clearly Madden mocking the Juju fans. Of course, those same fans rose up in Juju's defense, but Madden constantly built steam on social media his criticism becoming more caustic, criticism of both Juju and the Steeler fan base that was coming to his defense for his very mediocre play. Quote, here's the narrative. It's offensive coordinator Randy Feekner's fault. It's Ben's for getting him hired. Fire Feekner. The wide receiver and running back are fumbling games away on the regular basis, but it all points back at Ben. That's the narrative because we can't dare blame precious Juju. What an effing crock, but not surprising, unquote. Madden seemed to think the fumble against the Ravens would be a turning point, awakening fans to the fact that Juju cares more about his after game plans than the actual Steelers game plan. Quote, more and more people on Twitter agreeing with me about Juju out partying Thursday and Friday when you're questionable on Sunday 
and are off to a slow start is a bad look. It just is. If you think otherwise, you're wrong, unquote. But the backlash against his criticism of Juju's game-costing fumble caused Madden to question Pittsburgh's will to win, something that was once a given in the blue-collar, football-obsessed still city. Quote Madden, I'm honestly convinced that half the people in Pittsburgh like Juju more than they like winning. What the F is wrong with you stupid idiots? And this, people are just ignoring that Juju's fumble lost the game. Great kid, best life, coach's fault. What about your boy Ben? What the frick happened to Pittsburgh? All you need to do is be a sports hero in this dump is hug somebody. Winning isn't important, unquote. Madden expanded his failure to perform criticism to include running back James Conner, and some of his quick research showed that the key moment fumbles by this pair stretches back to the start of last season, and they have cost the Steelers five would-be wins. Quote, the number one wide receiver and the number one running back have fumbled away five wins since the beginning of last season. And this, you got your third string QB in there and he's playing his heart out. And Mr. Showbiz Social Media Fs it up. Inexcusable. New Orleans last year and now this. Ha, told you so. I know winners when I see him. He's not. By this time, Juju fans were livid and giving it right back to Madden. To wit from Juju fan Tracy Allen, be you at Team Juju, disregard haters, disregard people who think they know you, disregard all negativity, tighten up your game and keep it moving. Of course, Madden couldn't resist replying, does being you include holding on to the ball? And this dig at Juju's constant camera addiction. Quote, if there was a camera in the football, Team Juju would still be holding on to it. Unquote. All of this was too much for Juju fan Colin Knox, who shot back at Madden and also tagged Juju with this gem. Quote, I still can't wrap my head around your hatred for him. He's done nothing wrong. Solid player, contributes to the community, but he makes one mistake in which really was a nice play by the defender, and you want Juju strung up by his neck. You're just a D-bag in this scenario, unquote. When Joseph called out Madden's Juju obsession with this tweet, quote, this dude is weirdly obsessed with a 22-year-old who's basically the only good offensive player the team has. LOL, unquote. Madden shot back with this, quote, another resident of the Loserville area code. The only good offensive player the team has? He fumbled away the season. He let an epic victory slip away, unquote. And of course, he added this, Madden did, quote, 
Here's another tweet typical of why Pittsburgh is now Loserville and not the city of champions. Don't worry, Juju. We love you. It's okay. Solid game, my ass. Juju lost it, unquote. And finally, from Madden, quote, Okay, let's be blunt. For the second year in a row, Mr. Showbiz Social Media effed up the season. Perhaps, at long last, being a professional 24-7 and developing some focus is in order. No? Or do you just want them to have fun? I remember when winning mattered in this town. Unquote. Hey, I may not agree with the sports shock jock's words and tone, but I do have to credit his argument. Juju just hasn't been that good. And that fumble against the Ravens was a season backbreaker. I was there. It was a game the Steelers coulda, shoulda won. And they were in position to do just that in overtime. The catch would have put the Steelers at midfield and marching toward a game-winning field goal. That fumble hurt, and it hurt bad, and it hurt because it really will be a turning point in this season that's going to descend into depths we haven't seen recently in Pittsburgh. And a fumble last year in New Orleans in December also hurt near the end of the game when the Steelers played their hearts out in the Superdome and were headed toward victory against the Saints, a victory that would have put them in the playoffs last year. Juju fumbled. The Steelers missed the playoffs, and here we are in this season with Juju as the number one, repeating a game-costing mistake. But, you know, it wasn't just Juju Nation on social media surrounding their favorite receiver with a smokescreen of love and support. It goes right up the Steelers' chain of command. Head coach Mike Tomlin, who just last week called out rookie wideout Deontay Johnson for a fumble, gave all the credit for Juju's game-losing folly to the defender who punched out the football. Say what? The standard coach gives Juju a pass? Trib Live covered it this way, writing, quote, A common theme was acknowledging the play that the defender made and not the miscue by Juju Smith-Schuster in his fumble. First, it was Pittsburgh Steelers coach Mike Tomlin beginning his post-game news conference by crediting the defender Marlon Humphrey for his, quote, big-time play. Soon after, Steelers guard David DeCastro was among the Steelers players who noted Humphrey's, quote, good technique on his forced fumble in overtime that set up the winning field goal in the Baltimore Ravens' 26-23 win against the Steelers. Though Smith Huster did tell reporters he felt, quote, terrible. The Steelers receiver likewise tipped his cap to Humphrey, the Ravens' former first-round pick cornerback. Quote from Juju, Marlon Humphrey, that's what he does. He made a great play in a great situation, and he came through for his team, unquote. But for the second time in over a span of just seven Steelers regular season games, Smith-Schuster did not come through with the ball in his hands late in a tight game. His fumble on the Steelers' first possession of overtime Sunday 
was reminiscent of his fumble late during the fourth quarter of a Week 16 game last December at New Orleans. Smith Schuster said there wasn't much he could do differently. Quote, just protect the ball. Squeeze it harder. And that's an end quote from Juju, and that's the end of the excerpt of the Trib Live story, where even the Steelers' brass seemed to be covering for Juju and his fumble. Hey, Juju and to a lesser extent James Conner, are they really learning their lessons as replacement superstars for the Steelers? Or are they simply in over their heads and will never live up to their top billing on this team? Hey, only time will tell, and only harder work by both of these guys to make plays and not make mistakes will do that. But rest assured, Steelers Nation will only put up with subpar play in the name of likability for so long. And then the tide will turn if this pair's performance doesn't change for the better. Hey, this is still Pittsburgh. Its superstars must perform when the spotlight is the brightest. There was an error not long ago when Steelers stars did just that. And I warned all of you all along that the idea that the team could lose two major superstars on offense and keep chugging along was folly. I didn't know whether Juju would work out as a number one receiver when opposing defenses are keying on him. And of course, I never expected Ben Roethlisberger to be tormented by a bad elbow that would cost him the entire season in just the second game. And I didn't expect the supporting cast led by Steelers free agent signing Dante Moncrief and sophomore wide receiver James Washington to be this bad and this inconsistent. Wise offensive minds will tell you that a team is only as good as its third wide receiver. Right now, the Steelers' depth at the position isn't good at all. There is one bright spot in the form of rookie receiver Deontay Johnson, who seems to get open at will by running great routes. But he, too, has, has had trouble holding on to the football, and Mike Tomlin has rightly called him out, something he didn't do with Juju. As for Connor, he's had his fumbles, and he's not been the explosive back thus far this season that he was last season. But part of his problem could be the offensive line, which, as good as it has been, appears to be aging at some positions. All that said, the Steelers are not terrible. The defense, with a plethora of number one picks and that big trade for safety Mika Fitzpatrick, is the unit making all those splash plays now. They've become a turnover machine. This is a great sign, and it portends that the Steelers will be in football games for the rest of the season, but they will be different kinds of games. They'll be low-scoring, scrappy, hard-fought, and the beleaguered offense will have to scratch out points when they can, and they positively must punch it in when this opportunistic defense hands them turnover after turnover. That's something that hasn't happened to date. These Steelers, sitting at 1-4, and four, are a wounded animal. They have nothing to lose. And that makes them dangerous. Very dangerous indeed. That rapidly improving defense, coupled with an offense that just doesn't make mistakes, 
could very well surprise some people and shock some teams. Yes, even what is really a fourth-string quarterback in the form of Devlin Hodges behind center. Remember, he was fourth on the depth chart in training camp, but you lost Ben and you traded away your third-string quarterback. So now he's in, and he's likely the starter this Sunday. Of course, they're going to need Smith, Schuster, and Connor to hang on to the football, especially in key moments. But we may be past the point of having these two measure up to the playmaker level of their predecessors, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. But they have to do the bare minimum. They can't be a reason the Steelers lose. Going forward, the wins will be as precious as California gold. In fact, if the Steelers can stick to this script in Tinseltown, the team led by a surging defense once again and just enough on offense could notch a victory against the struggling Chargers in La La Land. It's not exactly a Hollywood ending, but certainly it would be a hopeful cliffhanger heading into the Steelers' bye week. And I'll take it. That is your Steelers update for now. Download it every Wednesday wherever you download your favorite podcast audio. And of course, log on to penlive.com anytime for your real-time Steelers news.